Hello, Achroesoir Podlediad Gwella yn fyw ar yr air. Hello and welcome to the Gwella on Air podcast. This podcast, brought to you by Health Education and Improvement Wales, provides a series of discussions with guest speakers across NHS Wales to inspire and spark ideas around creating compassionate working environments. My name is Emily Miller. I am a Senior Leadership and Succession Programme Manager and today I'm joined by Helen Thomas and Professor Michael West for our very first in a series of Compassionate Leadership podcasts. So just to start off, um, can I ask you both, uh, we'll start with you Michael, can you just introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about who you are, your role and an easy question to start off. How, what did you do to start your day today? Thanks, Emily. Hello, my name is Michael West. I'm Senior Visiting Fellow at the King's Fund in London and Professor of Organisational Psychology at Lancaster University and privileged to be working with HEIW and developing compassionate leadership in health and social care in Wales. And to start my day, um, honestly, I woke up and I did some meditation for about half an hour and then I fell asleep again. Um, then I got up and made my smoothie for breakfast and uh, I've had a couple of really enjoyable meetings uh, about equality, diversity and inclusion in West Yorkshire and Harrogate integrated care systems and, and now this um, meeting on compassionate leadership. So it's been a brilliant morning. Thank you. Oh, wow. Great. Thanks, Michael. Um, same question to you, Helen. A bit about yourself, your role and how you started your day today. Thank you, Emily. Not as illustrious, I don't think. But <laughs> I'm uh, Helen Thomas. I'm the Assistant Director of Leadership and Succession at Health Education and Improvement Wales. And this role really involves working with Social Care Wales to set the uh, leadership strategy uh, and that is the compassionate leadership strategy, and it's also it's also around um, building capacity, leadership capacity at uh, an executive level. So we're also responsible for delivering succession planning at the most senior and aspiring executive roles for that continuity of leaders, but also looking at how we attract leaders into the uh, NHS workforce as well. So we are also looking at um, internships and graduate programs and a lot in between but that that's some of the key areas my morning well it's been a little bit of a groundhog day for me the last couple of weeks so i've decided to press the reset button and from monday i've been in kavartha park in merthyr tidville at six o'clock with the dogs and it's been absolutely delightful the weather is gorgeous there's so much greenery and for some bizarre reason i get thrilled every time i see a squirrel run in front of me <laughs> so, um, i started my morning with that six o'clock walk with the dogs and then i had a 7 30 walking meeting with my uh, lovely colleague ang harrod so i've also had a good start in the morning oh you're getting those steps in yeah, I need uh, <laughs> Oh, so leading on um, from a little bit about what you just said about your role in HEIW there, Helen, um, recently the Compassionate Leadership Principles have been launched by Health Education Improvement Wales in partnership with Social Care Wales. Could you tell us a little bit more about those? How did they come about? Why did we launch those? You know, what's the aim with that? Could you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, sure. So I guess um, the compassion, well, the leadership strategy has its roots in a healthier Wales. And when the workforce strategy for health and social care was launched last year, 
a key theme of that workforce strategy is leadership and compassionate leadership. And we have a very bold ambition in that leadership strategy that by 2030, all leaders across health and social care in Wales will be compassionate collective leaders. So our principles are our approach really to how we describe that for our workforce. Uh, so what does compassionate and collective leadership look like and how do we deliver that in practice? So that's where some of these principles originated and that's what we aim to do. Make it simple, make it appealable, make it inclusive uh, and understandable to all of our workforce. Thanks, Helen. Yes, because I know we're, we're doing a lot of work to get it out there. You know, it's available on Gwetler and we're really trying to, to embed, you know, compassionate leadership across Wales. Leading on from that, Michael, just thinking about the current situation we're in, you know, in, in health and care in Wales, I guess you could say the clapping has now stopped um, and now our communities are expecting normal services to resume. But our workforce have been through really difficult times in the pandemic. They've worked tirelessly in really awful conditions. Um, and now, you know, we've got this backlog of, of work to pick up. Um, how can we use the principles to create compassion within the communities, do you think? So they retain compassion during this time with, with health and, and care services and support, really, while we restart our services and deal with this backlog? So I think that's a really important, powerful, searching question. And I want to say a number of things. The first is that um, clearly the pandemic has had a huge impact on staff. We know from the research evidence that there's been an increase in stress among staff. And for some groups that has been, you know, quite, quite serious um, for a small percentage. Um, but overall, there's probably been around a 10% increase in, in staff, the percentage of staff who have been unwell as a result of their work during the previous year. And that was on top of, of or, or an already very high level of around 35 to 40%. That's increased to 35 to 40 to 45%. And for some groups, for example, people working in midwifery, that's even higher. Um, so I think it's important to, to remember that prior to the pandemic, people were already under very high levels of stress in health and social care, across the whole of health and social care, because of the intensity of work demands. There were very high levels of stress that had been increasing steadily over recent years. There were very high levels of staff turnover in both health and social care, people leaving primarily because they were under so much pressure, um, and very high levels of intention to quit, mm. as well as high levels of sickness absence. And then the pandemic struck with all of the associated increases in work demands and the fears that people had for their own lives and safety and for the lives of their loved ones, as well as for those that they're providing care for. So, you know, we, we have to understand that going forward is not just about recovery from the pandemic, but it's about transforming our health and care services for the long-term future. And, and I think, you know, compassionate leadership is about really recognising that our health and care services are provided by, by people, by people with their limitations and their needs and, 
and and to recognize that the only way we can provide high quality and continually improving and compassionate care for patients and communities across Wales is if we provide compassionate continually improving and high quality support for for staff and and so i think that to go you know to go to the the, the core of your question that the communities understanding where staff are at and really helping in to transform the future of our health and care services is really important and what we know from studying disasters around the world over the years is that when there are disasters like the pandemic what happens is there's an upwelling of compassion from communities we see it in whether it was 9-11 or the tsunami in Asia or the San Francisco earthquake people in communities become compassionate and so I think we need to have an open honest respectful combination uh, conversation with communities across Wales about how we're going to manage coming out of this pandemic in a way that doesn't also damage the health and well-being of staff and what we've seen in the pandemic is people have been in communities have been incredibly cooperative and understanding accepting social distancing accepting limits on travel you know contrary to what the elites often think the communities are responsible and compassionate and caring. And so I think, I suppose I'm saying two things. We, we, need, to, we need to care for our staff and we need our communities to, to um, be informed so they can co-own and co-design our health services for the future. And I think compassion is at the core of all of that. Thank you. That's brilliant, brilliant response to that question, Michael. Thank you for that. That's some really, really interesting insights there and, and gets you thinking. Um, Helen, just to kind of bring that back to the principles and, and how that has a, a role to play in that from from our perspective now rolling this out, you know, how do you think that links into what we're doing? So we... Um... We had some engagement where we had two lots of uh, engagement um, with the communities and our, uh, our our service and representatives to, to ask what type of leadership um, is going to be needed to, to help us undertake that transformation across Wales. And we've uh, distilled the information that we've had back into seven uh, compassionate leadership principles. And what we are going to do is... Um, peel back, if you like, each of the principles to take a little bit of a deep dive into what does that actually mean? So when we're talking about creating a healthier workforce where teams can thrive, what actually does that look like and how do we enable our leaders and managers to be able to do that? So I think by bringing these principles to life, doing a little bit of a deep dive, looking at what good looks like, using all of that good practice, those scenarios that uh, Michael just mentioned, some great practice that's already gone on across NHS Wales and across our other UK nations, we can really create a toolkit for leaders and managers to help them, if you like, um, create these uh, environments where these principles are actually lived. And this then becomes our lived experience of NHS Wales and indeed Social Care Wales. Great. Yes. Thank you, Hal. So just thinking about, you know, asking our staff to be compassionate leaders, um, to put these things into action. Michael, you know, what would your kind of response 
to people saying, well, we, we haven't got time. You know, we, we, we've got to deal with this backlog of issues. We're under extreme pressure. We don't have time to put this into place. What would you, you know, what are some of your thoughts around that and, and some of your understandings? Well, the first is to say that um, the, the research evidence, there's a, a, a review of all of the research on compassion in healthcare undertaken by two American medics, Treziak and Mazzarelli, published in 2019. And what their review shows is that all of the studies indicate that compassion doesn't take more time. Um, mm. it, it, you know, it, it's a way of being, uh, not necessarily something, you know, that's about um, changing who we are. It's, it's, it's remembering who we truly are as humans. We're 99% of us hardwired to be compassionate and altruistic because that's what en enables us to bind together, to feel a sense of connection. And it's such a powerful way of intervening in healthcare. We know that there's probably no more important intervention across the whole of health and social care than compassion. It, it actually, it costs less, it produces better, better patient outcomes, patients are more satisfied with the care that they receive. And the effects are remarkable, more powerful than the effects of aspirin in the treatment of heart attacks or statins in the five-year risk of a cardiovascular event. So, um, you know, I, I think compassion is not an optional extra. It's actually the most fundamental intervention there is. And so our leaders must embody that compassion in how they lead in order that we create cultures of compassion and the principles that Helen is describing and, and the converting those from in, into a reality of how we of how we make this happen in our organizations is not an optional extra. It's essential for the future of our health and social care services across Wales. Yeah, great. Thanks, Michael. And just you know, thinking more along the lines of the, the situation that our staff are in at the moment and, and the kind of the 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 events that they've been through and they're now kind of in that recovery stage, I think. Um, have you got any advice for the workforce in terms of how they can support themselves in their own recovery, um, you know, after going through this this pandemic and dealing with what they had to? Yeah, well, I, I think that, um, you know, what's core to a compassionate workforce is self-compassion and that means paying attention to ourselves understanding the challenges we face and caring for ourselves, having an empathic re response to ourselves. And I know that's hard for many people in health and social care who think, oh, well, no, I'm here for other people. But unless we take care of ourselves, we can't truly take care um, in the long term for other people. And that means also then taking wise action to help ourselves be the best we can be. And that's about... Um, you know, we have to we have to have quality time with the people who love us and who we love. That's the most important protective factor in human well-being. And it, it's about, mm. of course, you know, walking the dogs in the morning. It's physical physical exercise. It's getting enough sleep. Um, we know we need seven to eight hours of sleep a night. It's mm. it's making sure that we're present here and now, spending time in nature. Um, we know that spending time in nature mm. is powerfully helpful in terms of recovery. Um, particularly blue spaces like lakes and rivers and the sea and green spaces like hills and forests. Um, it's it's engaging in activities that enable us to detach from work, whether it's watching a great series on TV or 
you know, reading a book and it's doing things that give us a sense of effectiveness, like doing some, you know, baking some, baking something wonderful or cooking something or, you know, playing a sport, all of that stuff that helps us recover and making sure we have proper rest and recovery. We have rest breaks at work um, and making sure we take those because mm. we're human beings. We're not, we're not, you know, pieces of, of, of mechanical workings. And we have to recognize our softness, our vulnerabilities, our needs for um, belonging and being here and now and having space to rest and recover um, and to spend time in nature. So, yeah. so it's essential we do all of those things. And, and, you know, that applies to everybody. I don't care what level in the system you are, whether, you know, you're Andrew Goddard or, you know, um, somebody who's doing the portering work in an Iron Bevan. You, we all must take care of ourselves because self-compassion is the basis for compassion to others. Yeah. And we're so lucky in Wales that we're never that far from a green space, mm-hmm. um, you know, a beach, mm-hmm. a, a lake. You know, we're, we're lucky that we can get into those environments really easily. Helen with her morning walks, you know, me looking out of the window here. So, yeah, you've got, you've <laughs> it's, got, it's everywhere. You've got the garth just about three and the start of the yes, garth just yes, about 300 yards yes. away from you. So you can walk up there and uh, enjoy yes, the, yes, the, I, the being in nature. Yeah. Yes, and I have I have walked. Well, I was I was dragged up there, so. <laughs> but it is lovely. It is lovely. Um, just thinking then about the principles. Going back to you then, Helen. How? What are the plans by Health Education Improvement Wales to ra- raise awareness of these principles? Um, how can they access them? Um, you know, what what things are we launching over the coming months? I know you sort of made reference to, um, you know, peeling up peeling and, and looking beneath each of those principles you know what what are we expecting over the next few months to really um get these principles out there and get people knowing about them great yeah <clears throat> okay so the first thing we are going to be doing is um we launched the principles on uh three weeks ago now in may and what we now want to do is as you say emily raise awareness and start to to make sense of those principles to, so it becomes the lived reality of our staff Um, So we are going to um, create a number of spotlight sessions, which literally, um, as I say, peels back the layer of what that heading is and then starts to look at what that means in between. So we're going to spotlight a principle every month, um, launching at the end of June, and then the first principle we will start to spotlight in July. And with that spotlight will come um, case studies, materials, um, digital resources, webinars, and really uh, the ability for us to have a, a bit of a mini toolkit, really, for how do we implement and how do we behave in accordance to that principle. And we're so privileged to be working with with Michael. Michael is going to work with us to create, if you like, a, a compassionate framework, which under these, each of the principles will illustrate what does good look like and a number of assessments as well so we can start to assess how effective we are at enabling that principle for our staff, for our teams, uh, and, and across the system. And then aligned to that, we um, will be creating digital resources again. And I say we, Emily, you will know, you will be creating the digital resources <laughs> that, uh, that Michael has been working to produce for uh, Health and Social Care in Wales. And of course, we've got um, Michael's book coming out next month, 
and that will be a, a, a brilliant teaching and learning resource which will be full of case studies tools and resources that again we can digitize and make available to uh, nhs wales through the gwechla heiw leadership portal so those are the so, first sort of like um i guess the the three phases in which we try to raise awareness and embed those principles but of course we need to embed those principles at the systematic level as well so how do we use those principles when we recruit when we undertake PADR when we commission or, or procure services so a lot of work to do to not only raise awareness but to provide the capability but also embed into our systems yes so another thing I just wanted to note in that before I kind of ask you Michael to tell us a little bit more about your book was that we are launching these podcasts as part of that and we're going to have a series of guests on um, you know looking at some of that best practice across the system and exploring you know what that looks like um, so that's going to be really exciting as well to, to, to launch as part of that um, so yeah Michael Helen mentioned about about the book that we're all really excited about um, would you mind just telling us a little bit more about the book what it's going to cover you know excite us with them <laughs> what it's going to bring and and how it's going to support our our workforce um, you know even further yeah, thanks, Emily. And um, yeah, the story of the book is, um, for me, one of the most exciting experiences of my career because working with you both over the course of the last, I don't know, eighteen months, and particularly through the pandemic, we've we've had this focus on developing this book. It's, it's titled "Compassionate Leadership: Sustaining Wisdom, Humanity, and Presence in Health and Social Care," and it's intended to, first of all, um, make the case for compassionate leadership in health and social care. It describes the research evidence that shows the levels of stress and uh, staff are, have been experiencing across the whole of the UK um, over recent years and the turnover and these problems uh, as a leadership crisis in health and social care and that we must change. And then it it explains how compassionate leadership is not some new model of leadership. We've known for many years that these core behaviours of compassionate leadership, of attending, being present with those, really listening with fascination, of understanding their challenges, of empathising with them and then of helping them, is key to what constitutes effective leadership. It's the, it, we know that that predicts team effectiveness and organisational effectiveness in health and social care. And it describes also the the um, the context of health and social care as being about the core values of compassion and high quality care and how compassionate leadership really is a way of building and strengthening cultures of compassion and high quality care it talks about the the links between well it talks about the myths of compassionate leadership that it's not about a strong focus on performance or it's about some easy consensus way forward and you know, describes how those are complete myths. Actually, compassionate leadership is about being more courageous, much more courageous and authentic than than I think the rather easy opt out of command and control leadership. Mm. And it talks about how we translate how tra how compassionate leadership is focused on translating the principles into effective leadership, into leadership which includes everybody, inclusive leadership that creates more collective leadership where everybody feels they have leadership responsibility 
and and it's about you know how compassionate leadership is about working across boundaries between teams between sectors between organizations with the community with the voluntary sector in a way that uh, is exemplified by the question how can we help you so that we deliver um, the vision of a healthier Wales and it it, it shows how com- the evidence of how compassionate leadership leads to more um, innovation new and improved ways of being doing things um, better quality care and and it, it describes um, the fundamental importance of self-compassion for leaders leaders and and I think for me what's been really exciting is a sense that this isn't just a book that we've produced something that is has lots of practical resources in it short questionnaires mm-hmm. um, um, case studies as Helen was saying um, video links, web resources that that can be plucked out over time and used by colleagues across the whole of health and social care in Wales to to go beyond, as it were, abstract principles and, and leadership ideas to how we embody this day-to-day in our leadership and see the enormous benefits that this brings for us as leaders, for us as individuals working in the system, um, for the colleagues we work with, but most importantly, ultimately, for for the people of Wales. I, I can't wait. It's going to be brilliant. And, and I'm excited to, to continue. We're all excited to continue working with you to, to digitise a lot of those resources as well. So people are able to access those digitally um, and, and use some of those um, resources and exercises you you discussed there um anyway really so yeah that that that's great really exciting and, and when are we expecting that to be launched michael Is well it- i think it's going to go i think it's going to go to the printers tomorrow or monday and um and they will print it within two to three weeks and pff, therefore you know within three or four weeks from today the the, the book should should arrive like manna from heaven, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that we're going to be doing um, a lot of marketing around it to launch it. I know that um, Fionn, our, our our technical whiz, has got some ideas on how we can do some 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 good bits of marketing material and launch videos and all sorts. So um, yeah, and, and know, I want to say, Hel, um, um, Emily, that you know th- this. This is a book that has been produced by many people. It's by by you and by Helen and Fionn and colleagues around Wales. Some of the uh, case examples we've had, the Gwent Frailty Project, I mean, lots of examples um, of good practice um, that we've learned from, not just in Wales, actually, but across across the country and, and internationally. Um, drawing from, you know, like the Nuka system in Alaska, which is giving us a vision of how um, we can we can create community ownership and co-design of services in the future, and so many people have contributed to it, and and so it it feels very much like a collective a collective product, and um, and that's why I feel so I'm proud and yeah. pleased and excited by it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it's really exciting. It's going to be a brilliant resource. We, we can't wait. Um, so I think that's probably a nice way to to start start wrapping up there on that 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 note. That really exciting um, note. Um, just a couple of questions for you both then on the theme of books. Um, I'll come to you first, Michael. Um, 
just because you know you haven't talked enough <laughs> no I'm joking um what book or blog would you recommend to our listeners oh well there's this great book called compassionate leadership sustaining using <laughs> humanity <laughs> um, but anyway oh. when you've read that one the other one i i've kind of been te- uh, suggesting to senior leaders and leaders and and people and just and just all of us in general um it's one of many books on self-compassion um there are a lot around i happen to pick this one by tara brach I mean, it sounds like a Welsh name. I don't know if she is Welsh, B-R-A-C-H. She's um, from the United States. Mm. It's called Radical Compassion, Learning to Love Yourself and Your World with the Practice of RAIN, R-A-I-N. It's just a very good book on self-compassion. And I think we all have to learn to be more self-compassionate, to create more compassionate communities and countries and societies to deal with the challenges we face in the future Mm. of things like pandemics and climate change and so on. So I think self-compassion is, 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 is a key challenge for all of us going forward in the future. Yeah, definitely. Great. Two, two great books there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, so Helen, um, same question to you, book or blog, something you, you, you know, something that's, really inspired you lately that you'd like to to promote to our listeners or, or mention yeah right okay with regards to um not so much a blog but a podcast i'm uh, quite addicted to the compassionate leadership interviews with chris whitehead uh, i really uh look forward to to listening to those and those are about uh, how leaders have uh, changed the environments in which they live work and the companies they work uh, through a compassionate leadership lens so so that i would recommend the other book i've just started reading um haven't got too far through it yet and that's shine by carly hawk um and that again that resonates with uh, our principles of compassion um, so that would be um, certainly one that I'm reading at the moment and finding it really, really um, interesting. So just thinking about, um, you know, you were talking about that that self-compassion there, Michael, and, and Helen talking about these books that are showing how to be compassionate. Um, have you got a piece of advice, you know, one key thing our listeners can take away that, you know, they could start doing to, to be a, a better or more compassionate leader, um, you know, one key thing to take away. I mean, this may sound very simple. It may sound very simple, but I think it's fundamental. Is that it, you know, being compassionate starts with being present with the other person, and and that's not something. Actually, we have to work at. It's about letting go of all of the flotsam and jetsam of thinking about what's coming next and ruminations about the past and just being present with the other person and listening with fascination. And that gift of being present and listening with fascination creates a sense of connection between us, a sense of belonging, a sense of trust, a sense of, um, I don't know, a sense of really comforting here and nowness. Um, that's our natural state, actually. And so it's not suggesting something, you know, another thing we've got to work at and make an effort at. It's an, it's suggesting people remember to just drop into being pre- present with the other person. And that's mm-hmm. beneficial to them. But it's we also know it has a hugely beneficial effect on our own well-being. So learning to be present with others, learning to listen with fascination. Yeah, 
That's great. I think that's the key thing. And, and Helen, kind of same question to you. One piece of advice or something you've you've you know really tried to to focus on to continue being or, or be a, a compassionate leader. Yeah, I mean, I would steal Gareth Southgate's um, motto, really, and slightly change it. He says, uh, be brave, be kind, follow your dreams. And I really like that. Or be brave, be kind and be authentic, perhaps, is what I would say, because it is about uh, being yourself and being authentic. But linked to what Michael just said, um, one of the sort of strengths, uh, sorry, one of the areas that I need to strengthen is about being present. It is about being uh, in attendance. And the rewards that come from it, Michael, you're absolutely right. I come out from having my second, second jab last week and somebody just called me and it was a, it was a lady that I hadn't seen in a, in a number of times and probably four or five times since I left school and that's quite some time back. So not a close friend. And she just asked, um, oh, we've had our second jab. How are you? And I turned around and I took a while to place her because of the masks. And then we dropped our masks and I could see there was something. Um, I was actually very, very conscious of our compassionate leadership compass that we've developed in, in Wales. You know, be attentive and listen with fascination and uh, empathise and, and take intelligent action. And for some reason, that just came into my mind. So I don't know what was going on, but I felt that um, connection somehow. And within five minutes, it transpired that she really just offloaded to me. She'd lost her mum, she'd lost her sister, she'd lost her father-in-law, and she was really distraught. And I did attend, and I did really make that effort to listen and empathise. And that conversation probably didn't last longer than maybe five to ten minutes. And she turned around and said to me, thank you, thank you for just letting me tell you that. Wow. And I was pretty much a stranger, you know, hadn't seen her in so long. And I felt so, so good to be able to being able yeah. to help someone just by listening and just by being in attendance. So it was a very strong message that we are doing the right thing. And that's something that I really need to pay attention to and uh, strengthen myself. Mm. Well, that's that's a strong way to, to, to kind of wrap up there, I think, lovely, and uh, lovely, end that. Lovely, yeah, lovely. Yeah, um, yeah. Beautiful, you know, that that. That really sums it up, doesn't it? Really. Mm. Um, so thank you both for for um, being on the first podcast. Thank you, Michael, as always. Thank for, you, for Emily. It's been great. <laughs> <laughs> always agreeing to to whatever new thing we're trying to do, um, and and thank you, Helen, and thank you, Fionn, um, who's um, in the background. Uh, doing all the the technical support and we wouldn't have been able to do this without her so thank you everyone um for those wanting to access uh Gwechle, the hiw leadership portal the url is nhs wales leadership portal wales um and um later on this podcast you'll hear an email to get in contact as well so thank you, everyone. I'm going to um, see you all soon. And thank you for coming today. Thank you, Emily. This podcast was brought to you by Health Education and Improvement Wales. If you have a compassionate leadership story you would like to share, we would love to hear from you please contact us at heiw.leadership.programme at wales.nhs.uk.